Hello, everyone, and welcome to an emergency edition of the Kogi Chronicles podcast. Joining me today to talk about what has been just an incredibly wild day in the world of basketball is NBA podcaster and Sports Illustrated Chiefs writer Jordan Foote. How's it going, Jordan? Koki, I'm good, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I guess I'm doing pretty well. It's you know, it's hard to really wrap up my feelings <laughs> into uh, a coherent sentence. So I, I guess just to start with you, what's your reaction to today's shocking James Harden trade? I mean, it, first of all, what a grade A news dump about the president being impeached in the middle of the James Harden trade. Like, I scrolled through my timeline and probably nine out of every ten tweets were about the Harden trade, and then I saw one about the president. So whoever released that picked a perfect time to do so. But back to the the topic at hand, um, I, I love it offensively. I think that <clears throat> they're going to be – really interesting i don't know what kyrie irving's gonna do i mean the one thing that i really i guess two things one i thought that if ben simmons was on the table from philadelphia that the rockets should have taken that deal that's just me then two who's gonna play defense on the nets who's gonna it's gonna be durant on Giannis, and that's it if they get to the finals against the lakers presumably who's gonna guard anthony davis like they're going to have to win games 125, 123. I just – I have some questions about it, to say the least. Yeah. Um, I certainly have some questions about it, too. But I, I think the best way to sort of organize this sort of conversation is to go by the team – what each team got out of this and break it down by team because there's so many players and there's so many picks involved with this deal. Um so just to just to educate the listener a little bit here, the Nets, Rockets, Pacers, and Cavs were they all weren't all technically involved in the deal together, but the Cavs were directly involved with the Nets and the Rockets, and in, in order to make this move um, for the Nets, in order for them to acquire James Harden, and the Pacers jumped into the deal as well. But we'll get to the Pacers aspect of this later first let's talk about the nets um as you've just sort of touched on a little bit um (laughs) what they so this is what they've done today they've acquired james harden um that that alone is enough to be said and they got a second round pick um and on the other hand they gave up Karis silvert jared allen four first round picks four pick swaps all unprotected picks which is incredible. Uh, <laughs> um, so, from the Nets' perspective, are I mean, we, we've already you already mentioned this a little bit, but how are they going to play any defense? How are like how how are they going to share the ball? Like, there's so many questions um, when a giant move like this has been made. Well, and their depth is another question because now you're presumably sliding DeAndre Jordan up to play center full time or. Jeff Green is a small ball five, which is a train wreck in and of itself. And then Karis LeVert, who's a young guy that just got signed to an extension. Um, we'll touch on him later, but that was a really good move by Indiana to pick him up, I think. But, man, it's it's shocking, alarming, exciting, interesting, all at the same time. And, like, we still don't know what Kyrie's going to do. Is Kyrie going to retire out of the blue? Is he going to come back and be perfectly fine? Is he going to act like he's okay and then 
disappear later in the year are Durant, him, and Harden going to coexist on the court or off the court? I mean, it's a home run swing, and I'm worried that they're only going to end up with a single or a strikeout or a double. Like, I don't know if they're going to get that entire home run out of what they tried to do. Yeah, I, if anything, this trade gives them more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you lose pretty much all of your depth, well, I mean, they still technically have, well, the Dinwiddie injury uh, really accentuates this fact. Um, yeah. But when you lose all of your depth, you need that depth in order to survive the, the wild Kyrie swings, right? The potential KD regression or injury, right? And now they don't have that insurance anymore. And plus, there's only one basketball for these three guys to share at the end of the day, right? So mm-hmm. you have those question marks. And then we, we haven't even mentioned the defensive aspect of this and the, and the chemistry aspect in terms of the, the, like just the sheer amount of big personalities that are now in this locker room. I mean, when was the last time James Harden played reg- like normal, regular basketball? It's been eight, <laughs> nine years, right? Well, and people are clinging on to the fact that he, quote unquote, can and will play off the ball. Like, just because he did it in the past does not mean he's going to do it now. And I mean, you have Kyrie with the whole he was upset about Steve Nash being hired. Now that that's coming out, I don't know what. Um, how much substance there is to that. I mean, like you said, it creates way more questions and answers. And granted, those answers have the potential to be fantastic. Like, if everything goes as planned, they could win a ring this year. They could win another ring next year. Kyrie would be happy again. But, I mean, you have to have so many things go right in order for them to just get one ring. And you're mortgaging your future, essentially, with draft picks and pick swaps. Like, Like, I'm not huge into draft picks. Like, I'm probably a little in the middle on them i think that with the right team they can be super useful um and those second round picks even can be useful but on average i have no problem giving up draft picks for a player like james harden because james harden's a top 10 player in the league but he's out of shape he clearly when he is not happy he makes it known um durant is the same way Kyrie is the same way and first year head coach and no defense and a lack of depth like i just I like it and I hate it at the same time. Who's keeping that locker room together? I actually, the more <laughs> I think about it, the more I actually dislike it um, for yeah. all the reasons that you just said. And I, I don't doubt the fact that Harden can play off ball physically. And just given his three point ability, his ability, he does have the vision to be just a really good, um, mm-hmm like off the ball creator for somebody else Mm -hmm. in terms of like skip passes finding the extra guy he has the vision to do that and he has a shooting to obviously space the floor but it's the matter of (laughs) being willing to do it right and and knowing when it's your turn when it's not your turn every time there's a big three in the in nba history one of the three have to has to sacrifice a lot think of kevin love in cleveland think of all the way back to robert Parrish with the boston celtics Mm -hmm. right they had to sacrifice quite a bit of their start chris bosh is a classic example of this ray allen um and i don't know i one of the i guess Kyrie's gonna have to be that guy and Kyrie's the same person who thinks he's the best player on the team and sometimes it's good to have guys like that in your team but in this situation it certainly isn't well and you think of like lebron and ad and people said oh lebron's gonna turn ad into a jump shooter blah 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 now 
Bosch essentially did kind of turn into a jump shooter, but that's because they had Prime LeBron, who thrived on driving to the rim and getting in the lane. You had Wade, who wasn't much of a shooter to begin with, so you kind of had to have him space the floor, and it worked perfectly. He played defense. He got rebounds. It was great, but... And they needed, a whole se- they needed a whole season to figure yes. that out, though. Yes, there was an adjustment period. How Kevin Love kind of had an adjustment. He literally had to re-image his entire body and game in order to play with LeBron and Kyrie. And it's Exactly. It's not like there is a ball-dominant power-forward-center hybrid post on this team. It's Kyrie, who likes to play on the perimeter and slash and dominates the shot clock. It's Kevin Durant, who dances around and can drive to the lane and dominate the shot clock. And then James Harden, who is the king of pounding the ball for 19 seconds of the clock and then either forcing his teammates into bad looks or getting a bad look himself but making it. So it's just it's kind of redundant and when you're giving up that when you're conceding you taking that final shot you're not just doing it for one player now you're doing it for two players like in cleveland kevin love knew he was that third guy in miami bosch knew he was that third guy Kyrie thinks he's number one durant thinks he's number one harden thinks he's number one it's it's going to be extremely interesting they are box office more than they already were yeah, and they don't really have the depth to to, to back it up, and yeah. I, I'm just I, 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 it's gonna be wild to see how they just how they fit all these pieces, all these personalities, and to go along with the fact that they just have a they have a first year head coach, and it, it really spells disaster. I, I don't know what else to say. Like I, I it's. It's a little like the Houston Rockets situation in the mid late 90s, right? When they mm-hmm. brought in yeah. Charles Barkley to go on Hakeem and Clyde Drexler, even though these guys are probably a little more in the prime of their careers than they were, mm-hmm. um, and that never quite, and I never quite meshed together. And no. I, I'm just trying. There's not really a great example um, for what we have just seen today, historically, in terms of yeah. three guys in the prime of their careers, not just coming together in the prime of their careers, but all being ball dominant guys and all not having a shred of, all right, I need to defer to said yeah. player because he's and, the best. And people bring up Golden State with Steph, Clay, and Katie, and I'm like, Clay was 110% okay playing off the ball as often as possible. Steph conceded. He gave up a ton, sacrificed a ton for Durant. He had people say Durant was the best on the team. Durant carried him to rings, whatever. None of these guys are really humble. All of these guys are a little bit sensitive. All of these guys want to be the guy, and you can't have that and win a championship i don't think unless you have a perfect head coach a perfect roster around you they have neither of those things and if you don't have guys standing in your way milwaukee and philadelphia aren't going anywhere they're going to be in the mix hell even boston if things fall right come playoff time it's going to be a really interesting and weird path for the nets to just get to the finals let alone win the finals yeah um i i think the verdict we've both um i i guess uh, carefully gone on is is <laughs> where it gets this trade for the Nets, um, even, which is wild because they just got disaster. James Harden. Yeah, yeah, think it is a be- it is a beautiful disaster. But it'll be very interesting to see um, what they what they end up being. Um, but quickly, I, I, let's talk about what they gave up, mm-hmm. which mostly went to the which transitions nicely into what Houston got. Um, the Rockets got Victor Oladipo, Rojans Karuks, um 
Dante Exum, Exum, four first round picks, four pick swaps. All those picks are unprotected. They give up hard and they give up a second round pick. So if you're so before we get to the old depot part of this, um, I like what they got in terms of picks more than what I've seen from uh, at least the Twitter machine uh, oh, yeah. in, in these first few hours than most people have been saying. What are your thoughts on most the pick return that Houston got in this deal? I mean, it's it's a good return. I mean, they wanted a King's Ransom. They got good picks, and then the pick swaps will obviously either help or they won't. But I keep going back to the rumored Philadelphia offer of Simmons and Thibel or Simmons by himself or Simmons and picks. Like, I think you could have gotten close to that many picks from another team and gotten a player who wasn't on an expiring deal like Oladipo or had a higher ceiling like Simmons. But given what they got because we can't hindsight's 2020 we can go back and look however we want to see what they could have got i mean it's aside from oladipo it's an okay return i guess i feel like they could have gotten more but with oladipo it's going to be interesting to see how they choose to build with or without him because they have john wall they have oladipo i think those two will fit fine together they have christian wood who's played pretty well and seems to be a good building block so if they can draft right it's not the end of the world, I think, for them, but I just feel like they they could have got something more. Hmm. Interesting. I actually slightly disagree with you here because okay. they had a guy. It's circum, I'm I'm putting the circumstances in the forefront here. They had a guy who literally refused to play with them and was calling out teammates in the media as yeah. of yesterday to the point where he they had to remove him from like anywhere be to be anywhere near the team you only see this sort of stuff in soccer like yeah. it is really really wild what happened yesterday heading into today and considering those circumstances and the fact that Fertitta has, has seemed to be probably too much overly involved in these discussions I think they got more than I thought they would, given a player who's complained as much as he has, given a player who, given the fact that the Rockets really didn't have much of a negotiating advantage when the guy that they're trading wanted out anyway, right? You don't have, well, I mean, I guess in the NBA, well, what, what I'm surprised is the amount of, in, this is just like, this is just a general take, but I'm, I've been surprised this now with the Davis trade too, how much teams have given up to get these guys who are going to leave anyway. You know, it's really surprising. It's a player's league, I think. They they have the leverage, and if it's not like AD was taking it to anywhere near the extent Harden was. But like you said, they knew Harden was going to leave anyway. But do you want to hold on to a guy for that long who is clearly making the team worse and the chemistry is getting worse and he doesn't want to be there and the storylines keep up? So I get that they wanted to get rid of him as soon as possible. But at the same time, they had a little bit of he was under contract he was still there he could like retire i guess and pull a, a potential Kyrie Irving and say i don't want to do this anymore or whatever but i just they didn't get a bad return and the picks could turn out to be good players and i do like Oladipo if they can bring Oladipo back then i think it's okay but i keep going back to Philadelphia and i shouldn't do that but you had a potential Ben Simmons offer on the table with picks who is a fantastic player I don't love Ben Simmons with John Wall I don't love Ben Simmons in general but 
do you really want Oladipo who might not even come back? And do you want the picks? And do you want a couple of other guys who are just lower on the totem pole? That depth pieces are important, of course, but um, I, I'm lukewarm on it. I think they got a decent haul. Um, it wasn't bad, but it also wasn't fantastic. Yeah, and I guess just to continue the reason why I disagree with you a little bit here, um, I, I do believe, I, yes, getting Simmons would have been better than what they yeah. got probably, but again, we're not quite sure because, I, again, these picks are unprotected. Yeah. By 2026, how bad may the Nets be? They might be That's pretty bad. True. Think about yeah. that, right? Like Harden will be 37, 38 years old by then. Mm-hmm. Um Durant this around the same age. Kyrie might be thir- what 33, Ky- Kyrie, 34. Kyrie won't Kyrie won't be in the league by then. It, was, it won't happen. No way. Exactly. So how that that pick might be a great pick. That might be no, the number true. one overall pick. Like and to combine that with the swaps and with everything just being unprotected, then especially given the amount of the amount of gems that we are now finding in the middle of rounds with these picks and the fact that these drafts just seem to be getting better and better with the exception of last season i uh, i could have been much worse much 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 worse yeah yeah it's it's really it, it, it it's really incredible that they were able to get this many picks mm-hmm. this many swaps that are unprotected keep in mind mm-hmm. they're not top five or top ten protected for a guy who was going to leave anyway um, yeah. I guess that's just how I'm looking at it. Uh, even though I guess the alternative is uh, you got Ben Simmons, who is uh, an All NBA level player, who I, sure. I like a lot. I like quite a bit, actually. In terms but of considering what they considering what they did get, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not only did they get these picks, they also got Victor Oladipo, who just a few Pretty seasons good. ago was yeah. one of the best two guards in the league. So. Yeah. It, yeah, let's talk about that, the, the Solo Depot piece and how he fits in with the roster they have right now because this is a very win-now move by flipping Levert for Solo Depot. Yeah, um, he's shown flashes last season of being the guy that he used to be. This year, he's been much more similar to that guy. Um, I don't think he'll ever be quite as good as he used to be, but he's not old. He's still in the prime of his career. He's healthy. He seems like he'll be happy with transitioning over to another team because he there were hints that he wanted out of indiana and then he said no i want to stay here blah 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 it never really escalated to anything crazy so oladipo is a good defensive guard he can shoot the ball okay he plays tremendously in the pick and roll like you're gonna have either john wall running the pick and roll with christian wood as a lob threat or you're gonna have oladipo doing it i mean if he can come back, he's also not going to cost you as much as a John Wall. Like, I don't think Victor Oladipo is a max-level player. I hope that's not a hot take. That's not a hot take. I don't take. know. Yeah, I don't think he's a max-level player, so you're going to get him at a discount, um, and he he gives you a building block for the future if you choose to have it. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him moving forward, but this is a very win-now move given that he is a free agent after this season. Yep. So I think he's a good fit with what they've got right now. If anything, this opens up uh, the offense a little bit more for Wood and Wall in terms of them running even more pick and rolls, Wall getting even more comfortable in this offense. He doesn't have to share the ball with Harden and make sure he's okay with getting his sort of touches. Um Obviously, the ceiling of this team has been significantly lower, but at the same time, 
I, it, he's, it's a better attitude fit and, and yeah. someone who can help maybe get them to a playoff spot this season. And I look at them and I'm like, they're still one of the eight best teams in the Western conference. Um, yeah. And I know that might sound like a hot take right now because they're three and seven, mm-hmm. but it's uh, getting, getting the stink that is hardened out of there. <laughs> um, will help them a ton given especially given how well wood is played and the fact that they still have some good role players and shooting and, and spacing and wall yeah. is still john wall like he's back to being that dude so i i agree with you even if their final record doesn't show and they come up a little bit short i think they're a playoff caliber team yeah i, I, I it, it, we would just blame it on the Harden situation yeah, to start sure. the season yeah. or COVID or whatever other if I mean everything kind of has to go perfect for perfectly for them for the rest of the season but you never know I mean COVID's affecting every team in the league and all it takes is one of those teams we consider as a playoff team to drop out because they don't um they couldn't make up enough games or something it, it, this is going to be a really wild season um so I yeah I kind of like what I mean the Rockets to me came out of this as the ultimate winner in terms of still being competitive for right now and also getting back draft picks not all that aren't only good first round picks but are way better than they would have ever imagined um, beforehand and getting rid of a guy who simply was never going to play another game for them again after after yesterday so uh. and so many teams like it's hard to accept in sports but when you have a star player who's unhappy a they have all the leverage b they're not going to play or they're going to threaten not to play you have to get rid of them and get what you can like it's an unfortunate situation but you don't want to let their contract run out and have them be a free agent like victor oladipo in indiana was he unhappy maybe did he want to be there maybe maybe not his contract was going to run out he was probably going to leave in return you got karis lavert who NBA Twitter has kind of blown up his value and they think he's a future star. I'm not sure he's a future star, but I like Karis LeVert a lot. He's a good player, and I think coming to Indiana where they have guys like Malcolm Brogdon who can play alongside him under contract for two more years, um, that's that's an underrated part of this series of trades, I think. Yeah, this is the perfect transition into what Indiana did. In Indiana, they basically just picked up uh, Karis LeVert. They also got a second-round pick, um, and they shipped out Victor Oladipo to Houston. I think these two guys are better fits on their new teams. Oladipo with the Rockets, as we just talked about, how he fits really well and kind of opens up opens up the floor a little even a little bit more for for wall to do what, what he does best with the ball in his hands and then on the other side i think laver is a really awesome shot in the arm for this pacers team one of the yeah. criticisms i had for the pacers after the offseason was the fact that they didn't really do anything they didn't do anything roster wise to um sort of reshape and re-energize a team that seemed like it was just in a in a, in a stasis point um, given the lack of offensive success they were having in the playoffs despite how good they were in the regular season and what Lavert does is he gives them a shot in the arm a guy who can create his own create his own b- buckets and gives them a little more um, flexibility long term a younger player like they need a guy like that who is a automatic scorer and and someone who isn't on uh the other side of the hill in terms of his career unlike oladipo was you know oladipo still in the prime of his career at the sure. injury it really affects this um yeah i i mean how could you not love it if you're a pace love this deal if you're a pacers fan 
Yeah, and like you have teams who say they're going to compete for championships. Like everyone knows the Pacers. That's not even if it's their goal. Their real goal is to make the playoffs, put butts in seats once people start coming back to stadiums. Like this move makes them a perennial playoff team as long as they can keep Sabonis, they can keep Brogdon, they're going to have Levert. Um, Miles Turner is playing better basketball. I like them a lot. I think that they're going to be a, a pesky team come playoff time. They're going to give some people trouble depending on what their first round matchup is. But um, like you said, it's a jolt in the arm, a shot in the arm for them. And Levert's going to ball no matter what. Like either he's going to miss a lot of shots and get better because of it, or he's going to be a hand and glove fit from the jump. So I really like it for him. Yeah, I mean, they could run the option and maybe even have him coming off the bench and start a guy like McDermott as just a spot-up shooter and have him be like the super yep. six-man like what the Nets did. They could have him in the starting lineup and give him a lot of the ball-handling responsibilities and sort of open up the floor for Brockton for, you know, for secondary drives, secondary pick and second action pick and rolls and stuff like that. And, and I this just gives them more options, especially since Levert's probably a better playmaker than, than Oladipo was as well. So... Mm-hmm. I love this. I love this move for the Pacers. And I look at them now as, especially with their new head coach, who's done a really good job of f- making them shoot more threes um, mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the ball, that they could make a, more noise in the playoffs than I thought going into the season, honestly, in terms of maybe yeah, no. winning a rounder, a rounder if they get lucky too, you know? So yeah, th- no, the ceiling of this team yeah. has been increased. Yeah, I think so too. And their ceiling isn't Eastern Conference Finals necessarily or definitely not NBA Finals, but they're going to be a tough team. I mean, they're going to play tough defense. They're turning those long twos into threes. Like you said, their new coach has done a fantastic job there. Sabonis is really, I think they're going to go as far as he takes them because they're kind of running him as a de facto point forward like a hybrid post like they're having him be Jokic almost where he still gets his post-ups he still gets his drives he still gets his mid-range he's taking threes he's playing solid defense compared to what he has been miles turner's playing fantastic defense they have a potential defensive player of the year candidate in him i mean they're a really good team and they have like that bench that is all former college all-american name type play. like if you ask the casual player and you named every player on their bench you'd be like oh i know all those players and that's what the pacers are their team that um their their ceiling is relatively low compared to a lot of the high-end teams but also their floor is super high yeah and i still think they do need to deal they, they still need to flip turner and i, I think they're better yeah. off with sabonis at the five even though he does have plenty of defensive effic- uh, deficiencies um it's it just like when you're running against a team that runs that that say runs a tatum at power forward or a lebron at power yeah. forward and you can just run pick and roll against them all day and they're done you know because they can't yeah. because they can't switch with the bigs half as well and but like if they fix that little issue they have right now with with the Turner the Turner Sabonis lineup especially defensively then I, you know, maybe deal Turner for uh, a pick and a wing at the deadline then it, now we're looking at a team that can open the floor and hopefully play some defense even without Turner on the on the <laughs> on the court so yeah I I, I I'm, I'm impressed the, the Pacers every time I'm out on the Pacers they they find a way to surprise me 
you know like, think of the the original oladipo trade right like yeah it, it looked like it was over for them and then they flipped them into sabonis and oladipo just a flip george and sabonis and oladipo and it was just brilliant yeah, yeah, and they're still waiting on T.J. Warren to get back too. So I mean, they're gonna get instant offense once he gets back, hopefully. And um, it's the future is bright for them. I I really like what they've been doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so the final piece of this deal, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, out of all the teams in the league, I, I didn't expect the Cleveland Ca Cavaliers to be uh, involved with today's trade scenario. Um, they acquired Jared Allen for almost nothing. They gave up Dante Exum and a second-round pick. They also brought in Torian Prince from the Nets. Uh, the Cavs might be one of the worst teams in the league, but they got Jared Allen for nothing. I, I, I thought it was a pretty good day for them overall. Yeah, and I'm glad you saved best for last. Um, I'm joking, obviously, but <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Cleveland, I like Jared Allen. I think that Brooklyn's going to miss him defensively. Um, he's limited offensively, obviously, but – a, the Cavs have a multitude of bigs they can choose to plug and play in pretty much any lineup with um, Sexton and Garland running pick and rolls, and they can switch on defense and stuff like that. But, I mean, I don't hate it for them. Is it a little crowded at the five spot now for them with guys that can switch in and out? Maybe a little bit. But, A, they're not well, probably not going to the playoffs. If they do, they're getting first round, and if they somehow make it as the eight seed, B, Allen's a young piece for them moving forward i mean i don't see a ton of negatives there's really none they didn't give up anything really for him so i think more power to him because exum wasn't going to do anything um and he needed to go elsewhere anyway long term hmm. yeah um I, I i certainly agree with that i think exum as as a player on a contender is sort yeah. of an interesting an, an interesting piece he was he hasn't he's had an up and kind of an up a really up and down career and he's been a little up and down as a bench piece even but uh when he's healthy he's shown some ability um but when you get a like if you're in the if you're the Cavs, you just want assets right you just yeah. want guys who can you can potentially build your team around right mm -hmm. and with allen you got you get an asset for nothing for nothing what i mean for nothing they don't they didn't give give up anything of importance they got a guy who could be a really good starting center in this league for a long time and i, I know they have drummond they have love they have all these other bigs and i love larry nance by the way um yeah, but it really too. doesn't matter when you're that bad it, it, it at least to <laughs> me right and i mean you can always yeah. ship out drummond or or love if you know if you need to and, and this is surprising that the, that the Cavs were able to pull off a move this well this good because over the last year or two especially since lebron has left it's just been just a just just a, like a landslide of bad moves from them whether it's yeah, not just not willing to give up kevin love uh, mm -hmm. making you know at too high of an asking price for kevin love or 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 whatnot it's just very confusing yeah, and I don't think Love nor Drummond will be there long term. So if Larry Nance and Jared Allen are your four and five on your next Cavs team with Garland and Sexton, or if you put one of them coming off the bench, I mean, they have – it's never bad to have options as a bad team that even if they're overachieving a little bit to start the season. So I think that it can't hurt. That's that's where I'm looking at it from. I think it's a productive move. Yeah, for sure. Um, and – I mean, they played really hard this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every, I mean, get, they, ever they're playing since good they've defense. Gotten, 
Yeah, they can <laughs> win just they're weird. playing excellent defense. Yeah. It's really strange, but Sexton and Garland have been better and more more efficient. Garland looks more confident this year. Sexton's mm-hmm. been a lot more efficient. And they're as you said, they're playing excellent defense, which is just really strange. Um, yeah. And they're playing really hard. And, and really, since they've gotten rid of Beeline, they've slowly and surely gotten better. Even toward the end of the last season, it seemed like they had a, uh, a couple sparks. I thought go heading into the year, they'd be the worst team in the league. But I, I guess I was wrong. You know, yeah, I'm willing to say that now. It's a crapshoot this year. I mean, with COVID going on and all that stuff, it's I'm not going to hold it against anybody. Yeah, that's for sure. So um, I guess before you leave, um, I, my only question now would just be, who's the next superstar who's going to get traded? Because this is just becoming a recurring, a, a, you know, a recurring theme. I think I don't consider Zach Levine a superstar. I consider him a regular star, and I think that he could be traded. But I think Bradley Beal is going to be the next guy on the move. I've got my my eyes on both of them, but I think Beal's going to be the one to get dealt. He hasn't came out and demanded a trade, but I think Washington has to be real with themselves and acknowledge that they're not going to be good for a little bit. And if a team comes along and says, hey, we want to give you insert prospects and picks or players and picks that are already established for Beal, I think you listened to that offer. It sounds silly to give up on Washington this early in the season, but just from what I've seen, it doesn't look like their defense is going to get any better this year. No, nope, um, not at all. Scotty Brooks is still a really bad coach, even when Russell Westbrook's on the roster. And mm-hmm. Westbrook's just been really bad to start the season. That and without Thomas Bryant, I don't see how their defense is going to get any better, even though they do score points, even though their offense really hasn't hit um, the ceiling, the, the the potential ceiling it has. I think they can score the ball more than even they have so far. But uh, defensively, they're just an utter disaster. I don't, I don't know what else to say. And it looks like, yeah, it looks like Atlanta's better even without all their new additions playing, you know? Yeah, and with with Westbrook, I mean, I've defended Russell Westbrook. I was a fan. No, I started off as not being a fan. Then I was a fan. Then I flip-flopped. Now I'm back. For the past couple years, I've kind of been – now that he's rated appropriately, I think, and no one's calling him a top five or top ten player, like the guy can bring value to some teams, but – his athleticism is not quite what it used to be and for him that little lack of burst it means everything because the jump shot from mid-range is bad the jump shot from three is bad he's not going to age well and I think it started a little bit earlier than I expected but I believe this year it's kind of the the beginning of the end for him which also means that Washington's kind of doomed if they're playing him 30 35 minutes a game yeah, you can get away with a guy like Westbrook if he isn't touching the ball or demanding the ball as much because he still has the burst and the rare yeah. athleticism to still make plays. But when he's you know eating up that much time on ball, it's kind of impossible to yep. deal with a guy like that. And and I mean, Beal's incredible is an incredible player, and they should probably deal him. My guess is they deal him this off season. Um, yeah, I can see. If, if I'm running the Wizards, I'm pr- I'm preparing to trade him, even though I don't do it at the deadline because mm-hmm. I think it's better to wait unless he obviously demands a trade. Um, that'll be a more peaceful, <laughs> at least hopefully, <laughs> a more peaceful superstar trade. Uh, and and quickly on your Levine point, I I, I think the Bulls are going to keep him. And, I do too. And I think the reason why is they don't have any playmakers on the ball on that team. They don't have a lot of guys who can kind of take over the game um, by themselves. They have a, they have yeah. some bigs who can shoot, and 
no one else who can a play make for others or play make for themselves and kobe white's a good secondary playmaker but i don't see him ever being like a star caliber guy and i think they're gonna keep keep levine um because of that even though he's he even he has his warts so yeah yeah it'll be interesting man for sure it's gonna be a fun year like you said yeah, so uh, Jordan, we want to thank you so much for hopping on on this quick emergency podcast of the James Harden trade. And uh, yeah, thanks for hopping on, man. Yep, thanks a lot, Kogi.